0: Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Frank podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and special event consultant, Toby Dodge of Prepared.com and Eric Zimmerman, pianist, DJ, and Master of Ceremonies of ElegantMusic.com Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is Hierarchy of Event Responsibility Wedding and Event Podcast Episode 40 What if there's no wedding coordinator? Who's in charge? When I first started performing for weddings back in the 90s, I really didn't understand how an event was organized. After meeting with the client, I thought I had my facts straight and the event would go smoothly. I really couldn't put my finger on why some events went better than others. Eventually, I adopted the policy of attaching an itinerary and sometimes diagrams to contracts and that complete planning was the answer. This went a long way to establishing a smooth running event, but I found out the client had also made agreements with their other vendors and it could occur on the day of an event that multiple timelines could exist. This episode starts with my telling of an event back in the 90s that could have gone better. From just a few facts, Toby was able to diagnose what happened and illustrate what should have happened. I think everyone can learn from this talk as I did. And now please enjoy Hierarchy of Event Responsibility Part 1 Wedding and Event Podcast Episode 40
1: You told me about the wedding or event. I don't know if it was a wedding or not, but it said about a toast, so I'm assuming it was. And that you there was no wedding coordinator and you went by the itinerary and that the catering manager or banquet captain did not approach you and you didn't approach them that's right and he he or she came over and said we usually do the toast after dinner
0: that's right that's right okay what i can take responsibility for is is yeah not talking to to the the powers that be, and that speaks to a how could I say this? I would like from you your impression or or how what is the hierarchy?
1: Yes, of an event. That's what that's what I kind of got from your uh, little synopsis here. Yeah, because I feel oh, sometimes
0: okay. I, I'm the I'm the uh, lower man on the totem pole, so to speak. Even though... Actually,
1: I don't see you as that. Uh, I see the entertainment as being a focal point, actually. Uh-huh. Um, and I see it just maybe a step below the catering only because of the timing issue of food. In uh-huh. other words, you know, once they start cooking, you have a certain amount of time before it has to be served. That's right. So as far as hierarchy of immediacy and uh, follow through, uh, catering is really, should be, I mean half the cost of the event is usually (laughs) tied up in that too. Uh So there's a lot of factors. However, what I find really interesting, And uh, so I'm going to go back and get a little more of the pathology of the situation before I answer who's on, you know, who's on first, so to speak. (laughs) And, And that is, I think it's all about perception. Because if you're in a hotel, there is a perception that there will be a catering manager or somebody Mm -hmm. that is assigned to this event. Mm -hmm. Whether if that catering manager doesn't work on the weekends, then a catering captain or uh, someone who's in charge of the floor will seek a DJ out, especially if there's no wedding coordinator assigned. So... My feeling is if there's, if you as, as an integral part of the flow uh, of the event, it would be best if you seek out who's, who is in control of that day and introduce yourself, not only for information, um, but it, it never hurts to have a good relationship uh, with somebody, you're going to be somehow interfacing with the rest of the event. Yes. Okay. So that's number one. However, were you doing just the reception or were you doing cocktails and also ceremony at this event?
0: I did the ceremony. And, and
1: nobody approached you at the ceremony either.
0: No, but I did seek out the who was some kind of a, um, a family member. Ah. I have, to, I have to preface this by saying that this was early on in my, um, my career, so to speak. Um, okay,
1: but it's a good story.
0: It, yes, it, it does present a, a situation or a scenario that I think that uh, cer- certainly coordinators or anybody mm-hmm. who's an event professional would need to hear this or would need to think yeah. with this. Yeah. and that, um, and certainly brides and grooms, um, just to know that, yes, a, a, a family member could probably help out, but um, mm-hmm. uh, again, now that I know more as as a yeah. as a professional, like I know that I need to seek people out. Um, yeah. Yes, so go, please. Go
1: okay, on. so my next question is, um, to speak to your the situation you had many years ago. Where were you? Were you at a banquet center, a home, a hotel, restaurant? Where were you? It was a country club. Ah, very interesting. And what time of day was it? It was um, It was an evening wedding, although,
0: yeah, we started around uh, 4 o'clock and it went to okay. 10.
1: Okay. Now that is interesting because normally, even if a country club does not have a specific sales manager or um, catering salesperson. Mm-hmm. They, because sometimes you deal directly with the food and beverage person. It just depends on the individual club. There should have been a point person there by two o'clock. That ah. that is startling to me. That there wouldn't have been somebody there, because. Normally, the kitchen uh the chef is normally there a good four hours ahead of an event, sure, and normally, whoever is running the setup has to be there at least two hours ahead, unless it was preset the room, and the ceremony area when you got there was it preset yes. Okay. So it's very possible that they didn't expect anybody. And when they saw you in place doing whatever you needed to do, uh, they probably assumed you knew what you were doing. (laughs) Now, had you been there before? No. Okay. That's surprising. Because the person who's in charge, or at least is going to run the banquet, if they didn't recognize your name, I think that's pretty important that they, they didn't approach you. Mm-hmm. And there wouldn't have been um, a wedding coordinator. And years ago, it really was a 50-50 chance that there might not have been mm-hmm. a wedding coordinator. So maybe they were expecting to be contacted, by whoever was the point person for the family, mm. whether it was the bride, the groom, the mother, the father, whoever. Uh-huh. So in today's world, that wouldn't have happened. Uh, the, the Or the likelihood, let's say, is less because most locations in their paperwork, especially have listed who all the players are so the reason I was asking you where this was taking place is because nowadays most locations have some form of of software it doesn't have to be a formal software uh, like most hotels have or large banquet centers but even if it's in a home, the caterer would have, you know, a list of all of the people involved. Mm -hmm. Or if it was in a restaurant, they would have their call sheets and event sheets that would most likely have that point person. What I find fascinating is the fact did you talk or was your relationship with both the bride and groom or the groom with one the
0: groom room. mostly,
1: yes. Okay. Did he ever give you any paperwork at all or tell you any point people or anything about the location that you mm. can recall? Who he uh, worked with, who he spoke with?
0: You know, there was a um, a person who was part of sales,
1: mm-hmm. catering sales, that mm-hmm.
0: I did contact that person and, okay. and, and talked with with them and and as a matter of fact I even um yeah when I got there
1: when, well did, I'm just saying oh, no. a, a simple question but, but to the salesperson who should I talk to on who the, I talk at to? the event
0: yeah 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 um that, that that's right and so so then in this hierarchy or this uh, organization mm-hmm. of of Chiefs and Braves um, and and who to talk to and who's in control of this wedding. Um, So I guess at the top, we have the caterer.
1: Yeah, I, I, well, if they're, if they're, this is the interesting part.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. If you have a wedding coordinator,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: oftentimes it depends on when they get there. In other words, if a, a, a wedding coordinator is hired for the entire day they're going to be there when the hair and makeup people arrive i'm telling you really early Mm -hmm. if they don't have a full service package or a limited package in some fashion they may be hired to come let's say an hour before the bride dresses so that they can help with that But they wouldn't necessarily be in control of early setup. Mm -hmm. Let's say it's not an elaborate uh, reception, so they wouldn't necessarily have to be there. And perhaps economically, the couple didn't want to have, you know, a (laughs) 17-hour coordinator, but maybe 10 hours.
0: But isn't that dangerous for the coordinator, somebody that walks in the day of and inherits –
1: Yes, I'm going to say yes, yes, yes to everything you're about to say. And this is why I'm, I've am i been going around the bushel a little bit here, because what I'm really trying to say to you is that if you're having a well-prepared and somewhat full-service planner or coordinator, then it behooves... That planner to make sure of who everybody is Mm -hmm. and when they're arriving, and beyond the timeline that the two of you might uh, discuss, that one is also passed around to all of the services, and even more importantly, to the location and whoever is going to be there, a point person from that location on the event day, whether it's an anniversary party or a bar and bat mitzvah reception or a wedding, the point is everybody has to be on the same page. Mm -hmm. Truth be told, there are times that when you look at a banquet order, you will see slight variations in the timing. The order will be exactly the same, but sometimes there's a 10 or 15 minute Gap. And the reason for that is there are some locations that pride themselves on be uh, queuing ahead of time. So their timeline will actually be maybe 10 minutes ahead of yours. As it should be. Yes. Yeah, No big deal. Yeah. I don't know why there are a lot of planners that get their nose out of joint over that. Or if it's 10-minute lag time, because, oh, my God, 10 minutes one way or the other. Or you can
0: catch it up. I mean, if you're behind, yeah, you can catch it Yeah, it's,
1: up. you know, I, I really kind of feel everybody's timeline, whether it's internal or external, is there to guide them so they're ready, you know, when somebody else needs them. Mm-hmm. It's not so much, I feel that I'm telling people when I need them. That's my own internal group that's working with me mm-hmm. that I have those cues for them. But I normally go with the cues or the timeline that is sent from the location. Because that is their anticipated. Right. Better that we know what they're anticipating. And Let's face it, there are kitchens that are fast, on time, a little behind, and slow. And we all know who they are. And it's not for lack of caring, it's their culture. Hmm. And so you get used to, after working with them, okay, they run a little late. Or there are times that you have to say to somebody, I can tell that we're not gonna dance much more. Oh, the dance floor is starting to recede a little bit, the crowd, Mm -hmm. they've been dancing for 15, 20 minutes. Let's say it's in between courses, just on your gut, you know it isn't gonna last much longer, Mm -hmm. especially early in the evening, which sometimes sounds counterproductive, but they wanna eat. so. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and as a planner or a uh, music professional you sense it and you know you use hand signals and the orchestra leader you know gives you a five and you say five back or whatever Uh, you know or a t for time out you know with two meaning time out got two minutes because of what's going on in the kitchen whatever the hand signals are Mm -hmm. the point is everybody has to know they're happening right so one time one of the last weddings I had it was at a hotel and it was a very large wedding Mm -hmm. and so with very high expectations so I went to the captain and I said, you know, I know that the bride is a vegetarian and she has some specific um, needs. And we had gone over that earlier in the afternoon Mm -hmm. and because she was having pasta, you know, you got to kind of time it carefully. So I asked um, him how much time until you are finished with her meal, because I know you like to serve the bride and groom first. Now, that was something I knew about that location. Mm -hmm. If someone didn't know it, it's it's an important question to ask, because many couples uh, prefer to eat later. It's just, you just never know. This couple was fine with eating Immediately and then getting up and then strolling for the main course. So I knew I had to check with the catering captain to make sure because I didn't want to seat anybody, meaning the guests, Mm -hmm. until that entree was there on their sweetheart table. Right. Because I would know that they might be talking with someone they could be dancing so just make sure it's there then seat them okay Mm -hmm. and everybody else and then I asked will the entree be ready within five minutes of the time that you bring that out because I figured you have to finish a song whatever
0: Mm -hmm.
1: absolutely absolutely you will have you know, 15 minutes and the food after that, five minutes. I said, great. I go over to the band leader. I tell him what's going on. He said, fine. We wait the time and five minutes before that, I am at the kitchen door waiting for the food. And The band leader knows this location very well, Mm -hmm. and he assumes, just like me, that it's okay to, to seat the guests, and he goes ahead and seats the guests, and that food did not come out. Wow. Okay. So, you ask the wine people to go around the room. You do whatever you can. However, this particular couple, even though they had very good wine, did not want a separate wine service team. In other words, the servers, even though it was a very lovely place, they didn't request that, even though they were offered it. They said, no, we don't want to encourage too much wine drinking because it was expensive wine, too. Mm. So, And they did have a portion of the crowd that were non-drinking. So they um, suggested that we just offer it the couple times that we normally do. I said, okay. So now what do I do? Because the entire service staff is lined up waiting for the food that has not arrived. And I go over to, them. I said, what happened? I can't get them up and dance. Right. I can't serve wine. Right. <laughs> what am I going to do? I mean, and unfortunately, the, some of the band has walked off because <laughs> it was their break, their break time. And, and, yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there were a few musicians left on because we, like to do that for the the, um, dinner music yeah dinner music thank you so it was like, so, it was like a
0: continuous uh, music yeah continuous
1: right okay. I mean this is what I'm saying it was top flight uh, yeah. with a lot of stuff so I said you've got to give me an ETA <laughs> you just got to because I've got to make a decision do I have a toast now with whatever you have in your, your glasses to, to fill the time mm-hmm. you know or um, do I get some of those servers to, to go around and check the tables for beverages mm-hmm. and so he says take five of, a, of our people and go around to the tables but there were 30 tables, tables oh, you know and So what I'm really saying is I take some responsibility for this. I mean, some people would say, well, Toby, you're not a mind reader. However, sometimes as a planner, even if you're not a full service planner at that particular event, if you're a part of the tasting, which I was, you have to put your foot down. And when they said they didn't want to have wine service at the tables, I think, um, looking back now, I should have told them, you know something? You have a very large crowd, and because you really appreciate good service and fine food, I believe this is a necessary expense not Mm -hmm. to offer too much wine or too often but to make sure there is always some people available to do this. Mm. Now that would have been an extra, probably those five people that would needed to be extra. It would have probably been about five, $600 mm-hmm. extra. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the thousands of dollars spent, yes. it really was minimal. Mm-hmm. i just thought because they said well that we have at least two three tables that don't drink we you know there. it's not a big drinking crowd whatever and i i i let them you know ju- i just went with the flow mm-hmm. where i should have in retrospect said nope put my foot down and say I think it's in your best interest. I should at least fought for it a little bit. Mm -hmm, Then, mm -hmm. if they ultimately decided no, then obviously no, because I know the the catering manager um, must have said something at that time, and I probably nodded my head. You know that is customary. I'm sure I said, but I didn't fight for it. Mm -hmm. Okay, fast forward. I had decided at that time to take the five people with me. And I opened the door to the uh, ballroom, and I see this person coming at me who was the sister of the groom. Okay. And you can tell that this lady is upset.
0: You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797-1795 or contact Eric by email, eric at elegantmusic.com. That's E-R-I-C at elegantmusic.com. Contact Toby by email, toby at prepared.com. That's T-O-B-E-Y at P-R-E-P-A-I-R-E-D dot com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week. Thank you for listening.